Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Monday, October 4th, and wherever you are and whenever you listen to this, I wish you God's grace, God's goodness, and uh, God's life within, around, and among you this day. I am sitting between two of my daughters. On my left is Molly Mary Margaret, and on my left, or on my right, on my other left... <laughs> is Bridget Olivia. And so I will have them introduce themselves to you. And they just did the high school musical, uh, Get Ready. I don't even know what you call that, like exercises. So this is, I have no idea where this is going to go, is really what I'm saying to you. And I hope that you enjoy it as much as I think the three of us will. So, hey, Molly, do you want to introduce yourself, would you please, to the people? So what we were doing were vocal warm-ups because we just woke up from naps, uh, which means our minds are rested and ready to dive into the good news. <laughs> Beyond that, you heard my full name, so I think that sums me up pretty well. <laughs> okay, and uh, that's what we get from Molly. Um, and on my right... Bridget, Olivia, would you share whatever you would like to with our listening audience? All right. Yeah. Hello. Um, my name is Bridget Olivia Zank, <laughs> courtesy of my parents. <laughs> <laughs> and um, all I'd like to say is, you know, the righteous sit at the right hand. And so I'm pretty honored. <laughs> oh. Oh Welcome to my life, people. <laughs> That and this is only two of our five. Yes. Yeah, but the spiciest too. Uh, the most interesting too. The spiciest and most interesting. Okay. You heard it here. Well, my friends, um, so we're gonna break open God's word, of course. Today is also a feast day. It is the feast of Saint Francis of Assisi. So we I mean, he is an incredibly powerful and influential saint within the life of the church. And we're going to talk a little bit. Again, all these saints deserve far more than than I'm able to give them uh, their due. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about his life and and what how he spoke to so many people throughout the centuries. So let's start by diving into the gospel. We continue through Luke chapter 10. Uh, we've been going through that now for, I think this is the fourth day. And uh, again, just listening to, to Luke or Luke's gospel sequentially. So Luke 10, 25 to 37, a very familiar story. In fact, it's so familiar. I urge you not to check out until the end, but hear it as if for the first time. Okay, so let's break open God's word together. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. There was a scholar of the law who stood up to test Jesus and said to him, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? He said to him in reply, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus replied to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But because he wished to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man fell victim to robbers 
as he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped and beat him and went off, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road, but when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite came to the place, and when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. But a Samaritan traveler who came upon him was moved with compassion at the sight. He approached the victim, poured oil and wine over his wounds, and bandaged them. Then he lifted him up on his own animal, animal, took him to an inn, and cared for him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper with the instruction, Take care of him. If you spend more than what I have given you, I shall repay you on my way back. Which of these three, in your opinion, was neighbor to the robber's victim? He answered, the one who treated him with mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, my friends, we did not rehearse what we were going to talk about beforehand. So what happens in these next moments, the Spirit will take you and I together. (laughs) So I'm going to open it up to Molly or Bridge, whichever one of you reach out first toward the microphone. What, what, how did the gospel speak to you today? What words, what phrase, um, where the story went? Where was your heart moved? What, uh, what happened within you? Um, all right, thanks for that question, Joe. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you graduated calling me by my first name. All right. Um, no, but in all seriousness, um, what I what I thought of really, actually, when rehearing this gospel today, is and Molly, I'm sure you can attest to this, but um, when we were watching the marathon today, um, we watched the Twin Cities marathon today, and we were. Um, watching our our brother, um, my dad's son, Seamus, finish the race. And as we were watching everyone, you know, come in, it's it's a marathon, so people are really struggling. And there was um, one lady who who was just really struggling to finish the race. And there were two people on her side, one on either side of her, um, two runners who evidently did not really know her, but um, were helping her finish the race. And to me, that struck... Um, struck me because I think I think that there's such a truth to that and that we're we're helping each other finish the line and and I think in the story of the Good Samaritan it's great because we're helping each other along but I think also we have to remember that they help us also in different ways oh Molly wants to talk okay (laughs) well I mean there's two of us here so it's eventually gonna get to me Um, but actually, so yeah, I'm really glad you brought up the the marathon today because I think even just in the crowd, you could see that that like moved a lot of people uh, as eventually the the gal got moved into a wheelchair by some medics and we were, I don't know, probably 20 feet from the finish line and, uh, you know, it was just kind of hard to see that she couldn't quite make it over the finish line on her own accord, but um, just to see all those people move too as she was wheeled by, the, the cheers were just, you know, obviously louder. Um, but 
I liked your comment on uh, kind of, um, I don't know how you phrase it, but you alluded to not just uh, those people that those runners that kind of stopped to help her and, and like pretty much carry her uh, towards the finish line, but um, her or so many, like when we were reading it this last time, what struck me was like being the, the person on the side of the road and allowing yourself to get help. I know um, yeah. like we talk about you know, like I just <laughs> um, pride is just it's yeah. such uh, an issue that I think so many of us struggle with and um, like I look at myself I'm an acts of service type of person and it's it is incredibly humbling for me to have to to be on the other side of that and um, I think there's there's a lot of strength in, in the in the person that stopped and there's a lot of strength in the person that is allowing them to be helped by a Samaritan of all people, you know? And um, I think that is just as an important part of side of this story. Absolutely. Boy, you guys, that's fantastic. I, I love the image of something again, that is very real to us today because it is humbling and it is vulnerable. I think it's easy for us to, to look at ourselves in the mirror or, or, you know, just when we, primp ourselves and think that that we are who we are at our best but but we carry that weakness within all of us that those parts of us that we don't like other people to see and when they do see them are we able to to allow them to love us in the midst of that and my goodness that's that's hard and and again remind me of that when we talk about francis in a little bit here uh, because I think that's a lot of what happened within his life, uh, to be who he was and to allow people to love him uh, and, and show what that vulnerability could look like. Um, I love this early part. Now, and, and, and I'll get to what Molly alluded to with the Samaritan part here. But, but I love when the scholar of the law is saying, listen, because I think it's an honest, I think the scholar of the law here is trying to nail him. I think he's saying, listen, you know, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and, and how do I, how do I, I, I not only embrace it. Now, don't just hear him saying, what must I do to get to heaven later after I die? How, how can I live that life now? That's, that's, that's what he's asking. Um, because eternal life is eternal, right? Eternal life doesn't start later. It's not eternal. Eternal life is now. It's, it's always, it breaks into time. And so Jesus says, listen, what's written in the law? And the scholar says, Love God basically with everything you are, with all your heart, your being, your strength, your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, boom, that's it. But then it's this line, do this and you will live. Brothers and sisters, I know every one of you know that that gospel. Every one of you know Jesus' words in reply. But sometimes we don't act like it. And, and again, I don't want to cast dispersions at you. I mean, I don't act like it because I think, Okay, I know that's what Jesus says, that that's all I need for life. But you know what else I need for life? Boy, I could use that nice suit, or I could use that nice car, or I could use that nice job, or a relationship with this person, or that spouse, or that retirement account. or, or And that's just on an individual level. Then we go to a, a level of the institutions or the, the work that I'm a part of, or if I only had that job, or if only the, the boss would treat me this way, or, or whatever it is. That, but, but God says, none of that, none of that. That may give you life for a moment. Of course, we all love the new car smell. And we all love that those new relationships because they feel so good. But life, 
life only comes from one place, and that's the one who is life giver. And, and I think it's so easy to get lost in the midst of that. I'm seeing nods from both sides of me, but nobody reaching out a hand for the, the so I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot for the next part, which is Molly alluded to the, to the Samaritan of all people, she said. And just a reminder, and I think again, most of you are very familiar with this, but Samaritans uh, were um, very much, I don't know if hated is too strong of a word, but, but really detested. I don't know which which to use, but but really held at arm's length by the Jews because they were half-breeds. And it went back seven centuries to when the Assyrians came. And, and I think I alluded to this about a week ago in, in one of my podcasts. The Assyrians came and conquered the northern kingdom of Israel and basically put everybody to the sword who held strong to the faith. And if you didn't, you intermarried. And those became the Samaritans. That's That's how that race was procured. And the Jews in the south, in Judea, held them as people who gave in. And so they didn't allow any Samaritans into the temple, into even their cities, and into their prayer circles, and vice versa. The Samaritans didn't like it when Jews came through. Remember last week, Jesus was traveling through Samaria, and uh, they didn't want to let him stay at their towns. And John said, hey, should I call down uh, you know, fire upon them? Uh, they didn't care for each other. But yet here's who Jesus puts as the hero of this story is somebody who I see as less than me, somebody who I have in a box, somebody who I know enough about them that I know they're not holy. But yet Jesus turns all of that on its head. And I think as human beings, it's easy to see the world in black and white. And Jesus says, we, we got we to move out of that. Because if all we're seeing it is in that dualistic sense, we're, we're missing it. Well, and I think that's incredibly uh, poignant now as I think so much of our world is becoming more and more polarized and encouraging us to live in a black and white world rather than live in the gray as uh, our dear father says. Uh, quite And not a, this time quite literally, I do mean father, not, uh, not a priest. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I think um, I think there's there's so much that this gospel can can tell us right now when we look at the grand scheme of the world. Um, and I'll, I'll give Bridger, my dad, a chance to to comment on that if they want. But then I want to move us to smaller scale because if we're looking at we're looking at the uh, looking at the world and, and the polarization of the world, uh, I mean the the kind of the thing that said is you can have far more impact on your local community and. And I think if we look at the message of a gospel like this, it can almost be overwhelming to, to me at least. And what we need to do then is we need to, to downsize it incredibly, I think. Um, any, any last comments on the, on the big of it all? Um, oh, really, I'm just, I'm thinking about this small scale, um, this small scale aspect that you're talking about too, Molly. I just, I'm thinking of so many examples in my life where, um, I just instantly judge people um, because I I get caught up in the black and white. And, you know, I had a friend come up to me the other day and he didn't understand why he had to use his pronouns in class. And he asked me about it and he said he thought, you know, everyone in the class thought he was a bad person because he didn't use his pronouns. And 
and he was worried he said I hope you're not mad at me for this and I was like of course I wouldn't be mad at you for this you know let's have a conversation but I think it's so easy to get caught up in in what in what we think is right and wrong and condemning those um for what we think is wrong and you know I do it all the time I'm, I'm struggling with a coworker right now who I just don't get along with because um, we we choose to act very differently in the world and I found myself avoiding him and and um just kind of saying some snarky comments to him and later really having to like self-reflect and and think um okay what is this trying to teach me what is he trying to teach me in my life and I think that's really admirable too in because it's saying okay what what part of you know because he carries part of the truth of god within him as well and and how do i hear that and listen to that and even if i don't agree with what he's saying or where he's standing how can i humble myself and open myself to at least be a part of that conversation and not like you said molly or alluded to that just say okay they're over there and they're on the wrong side of, of whatever line I, I draw in the sand. And I think for me, a lot of that comes from my own insecurities, even the pride, Molly, that you spoke about earlier. Um, I think it comes from my, hey, it's my own smallness. And um, that the world, because if it's this big, and if God is this big, um, I, I, I wonder if, if I open up to that, I lose control. And, and then where does that lead? And I think that can be a very fearful thing. But again, all we need for life is one thing, and that is the life giver. And we can fall into those arms that we're in a much better space and not my own smallness and my own small world. Well, I love that you use the word small specifically because... Um... In doing some of the the preparation for this, um, yeah. I I saw this uh, this phrase associated with um, with this gospel call. Uh, it said, "Go small and go home," uh, rather than the the "go big and go home." Um, but and it and it pointed to specifically Saint Teresa of Lisieux, the little flower. Yeah, and I think there's so much that she can teach us in this gospel, too. Uh, and for those of you who might not know, um, St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, was known for doing uh, small acts of kindness uh, with, like, great love. Great love. And and that is, um, I mean, that is also kind of the epitome of, of the, the Good Samaritan. And so um, we we look at our smallness and maybe, yeah, it, maybe it's terrifying to us. But at the end of the day, God is God is so beyond who we are and and the power that we have is to embrace that smallness and then to 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 do our lives with incredible love and um i mean right where we are in our in our local communities or in in our coworkers who may get under our skin a little bit um with sisters who may take the last piece of cake or something or have a better joke than me and to steal my punchline because i would be very graceful about that and that's where we do things with great love and i am losing my point so i'm gonna give the mic away last point i'll make and then we'll talk about saint francis of assisi um I, you know, and again, I, I think 99.9% of you know this. I, I just want to bring it up again because I think it's important 
to remember. And, and we just need to be people, women and men of memory. Uh, and that is, you know, clearly the priest and the Levite, weren't, they weren't bad people. They, they saw this person. It wasn't like they were walking down the road and they just missed him. It says uh, the priest happened to be going down the road, but when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. It doesn't mean, I don't believe anyway, that the priest was saying, I'm in too much of a hurry or, you know, I just, you know, I, I don't like what he's wearing or whatever. The priest and the Levite were holding to their ritual purity. And if they went over and touched someone who had uh, blood exposed on them, which we can presume that this person did, they would make themselves ritually impure for a, a, you know, a certain amount of time, and they wouldn't be able to perform their ritual tasks. So they were doing what the law asked them to do. But what the Samaritan, again, we've already talked about that, that, you know, the person that was unexpected did, was they were moved with compassion. And, uh, and they took care of the wounds, bandaged them. And then at the end of the story, when Jesus says to the, to the scholar, he says, listen, which one of those three, in your opinion, was neighbor to the robber's victim? The scholar, of course, says the one who treated him with mercy. Go and do likewise, Jesus says. So what Jesus, in effect, is saying, listen, um, the, the law has its place, but the law is subservient to mercy. That ultimately, the law is about humanity and serving them in mercy, mercy and compassion, not the other way around. It's similar to when Jesus says, listen, the Sabbath was made for humanity and not humanity for the Sabbath. And, and we can't get that because, because as humans, I think we fall into that trap all the time. And, and we can say, listen, I'm doing what the law says. But what Jesus is reminding us is we got to go beyond the law. Remember, my favorite example is Joseph. If he followed the law, Mary is stoned to death and we have no savior. But what he does is he wants to treat her with compassion and divorce her quietly. And because of that, our world is different. And that's just one example. But I love that. And it reminds me of Luke chapter 6 again, which, you know, it says, uh, be merciful just as your heavenly Father is merciful. That that is the essential virtue or underlying element of the one who is life giver. Uh, before we talk about France of Assisi, Bridgie, Molly, anything you guys want to add to that? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have... I wanted to say is it just makes me think of I believe it's St. Augustine but you can correct me dad mm, yeah. um that it says an unjust law is no law at all oh, I love that. um yeah yeah and so that's just that's actually been really on my heart um lately too with um just just talking about members especially at my school just members of my community who haven't been um seen and and respected and heard and i think that we um it's just important for me it's a good reminder for me to remember you know that that god's love goes beyond the law yeah amen amen so my friends we continue through this season of feasts trademark joe and uh you know they brought up therese of lassoo uh you know who's of course feast day was last friday well you know we're in the season of feasts because that's what we do here 
And uh, Francis of Assisi uh, is, of course, a... I was talking to my brother Jim today. We're in St. Paul, uh, actually Minneapolis today. And um, he's like, you know, talking about, we were talking about uh, saints that are, are some of the, the big shooters. And I said, you know, I, at least in my opinion, I think Mary and Francis are in a league of their own. And then there's a chasm. And then we get towards some of these other ones. Frankly, and we've talked about two of the, the, the ones that I'd say are in that next tier, which are, Therese and Padre Pio uh, just recently with their feast days. But Francis lived in the 12th and into the early 13th century. Again, he deserves far more than the two minutes I'm going to give him. But but what he did ultimately is he was a youth uh, of someone, a rich parentage. Uh, um, and so he had the run of the town of Assisi and was frolicking. That's the word uh, that was used in the research I did before. And he realized at a young age that, that that could not give him life, but that life would had to be about something more. And so what he did then was he went off and he gave his life, all those things that he thought were important to him, he gave up and he took the gospel at its literal uh, level. When Jesus said, listen, take no money for your sack, uh, take no, no purse, uh, don't take an extra cloak, uh, not even a walking stick, and what people give you, you know, to, to eat, that should be enough. And so he became a beggar in Assisi. He went from being the head of the youth, frolicking in the area, to being a beggar, and people really mocked him for it for a long time. And he gave everything he had, and even some of the things his mother and father had, he gave them to the poor. And, he, and uh, his dad uh, sought restitution before a judge for the money that he gave to the poor, and that's that famous story that he literally undresses in in the town square in front of the magistrate and in front of his parents and said, I give these all back to you. Everything is, is yours. Uh, so he could call his heavenly father his, his father. And, uh, and then he went off to that church in San, Dam- San Damiano where he has that wonderful vision of, of Jesus saying, you know, rebuild my church. My church is falling apart. Rebuild it. And at first, he, he took that as to rebuild San Damiano, which was falling apart. And brick by brick, he started doing that. And he probably would have been happy to do that and die in that way and by just doing that. But um, eventually, people came to see him not as this person who was just to be avoided and mocked and crazy, but as somebody who really was attempting to live out the gospel in a more pure and authentic way than what they were seeing in, in the town of Assisi. And so more and more, he came to have followers, and he never, ever meant to start an order. Uh, but he started putting together then uh, and ordering this. And, and really, his order, he didn't create one. That was really a Bonaventure later who did that. But um, what he did was said, listen, we're going to live based on these gospel verses. And... Um, and they, that's what they did. They, they were, um, uh, what do you call them, itinerant. They, they had no place to lay their head, but they went out and, and built the church in their poverty and in their charity and in their authenticity uh, and in their humility. Uh, he only lived to be 44 years old. Uh, his last two years, he was half blind. Uh, he uh, received the stigmata 
uh, two years before his death, and that is the wounds of Christ in his hands, in his side, and in his feet. Uh, he wanted to be a missionary in Africa and in Syria, but because of illness and because of being shipwrecked, those were uh, he couldn't do those. Um, in um, one of the, uh, um, not the pilgrimages, but the uh, crusades, uh, he went down and sat and conversed with the sultan down in Egypt, uh, trying to bring Christianity to him. The sultan tried to bring Islam to Francis, and they embraced. And, uh, and he's one, I remember this wonderful story, that, uh, that when he was back in Assisi, um, somehow the, the Quran got back there in the neighborhood and the people were tearing it up and wanted to destroy it. And he took what was left of it and placed it on the altar and just showing how, again, there was holiness in that and his, the way he saw life as bigger. And, you know, one of his famous quotes and whether he said it or not, we don't know, but preach the gospel at all times when necessary, use words. That's how Francis lived his life in, in that he he preached with his authenticity and his humility and and in his poverty and and full trust in God. And he was an amazing, amazing person and really um, helped rebuild the church uh from for these last 800 years without him i don't think we are the same people molly bridge before we uh do the rosary any final thoughts um nothing eloquent that would add any any depth to this podcast i think everything um has been said really well um you know i just always i try to relate it to my own life and i'm just i'm really relating to my own life now and like what is wealth and richness look for me and i'm thinking um i have a tendency to fill my schedule until like every available minute you guys know that i do it every year and every year i struggle with it but i still do it and i'm i'm realizing i'm thinking that's what richness and wealth looks like for me and what excuses am i making to um to not leave that at the foot of jesus and and move forward with the wholeness of my heart because really it's taking away from the fullness of my heart right now. And that's not to say that everyone with a full schedule is in that boat too, but that's just where I find myself. I am so blessed that I get to sit and do this podcast with two of my favorite people in the world. And so thank you for being here to do that with me today. So my friends, thank you for being with. I know this was a long one. And I am grateful to you for being with us today. Let's pray the rosary together. And whatever's going on in your life, let's uh, leave those things at the feet of Jesus as well today, okay? So let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This week we go through the luminous mysteries. So the first luminous mystery, the baptism of Jesus. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Francis of Assisi, Pray for us. Therese of Lisieux. Pray for us. Amen. My friends, you as well. We pray for you. You pray for us. Thanks for being present with us today and God's blessings on the rest of your Monday. God's peace.